Hello, we are back for another podcast on the study of the book of Ephesians. My name is Joseph Fran of Joseph Fran Ministries, and uh, I am a conference speaker, Bible school instructor, uh, missionary, and international minister. I've been doing this for 37 some years and enjoying every minute of it. Today we're going to get right back into the book of Ephesians where we left off. I want to do a little review uh, on this fantastic book that the Apostle Paul produced under the unction of the Holy Spirit. It's definitely a crown jewel in the New Testament, and God wants us to understand the truths that Paul is communicating in this book by revelation knowledge so that we would have wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. We need to know, first of all, who he is in us, and then we need to know who we are in him. And I think the secret of the Christian victory in the Christian life is knowing who you are in Christ. The in him scriptures, as you read through this book of Ephesians, I hope you do read through it in your spare time, you're going to see a lot of phrases in him, in whom, through him, through whom. And it's all talking about our place and our position in Christ. The first three chapters talks about our place and position. Then we have chapter four and five talks about the Christian walk of character, walk in the spirit. And then it talks about the glorious church in chapter five. And then it talks about the uh, spiritual warfare of the Christian believer while they're on this earth and our victorious place in God, in Christ, and the weapons uh, or the armor that God has placed uh, on our lives so that we can uh, come out successfully in any battle. So if we look at Ephesians chapter 1, I want to just point out a few things, do a quick review. If you have your Bible, please grab your Bible. If you have a pen, you might want to underline some of the things that uh, God is showing us here. In Ephesians 1, 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings, in the heavenly places in Christ. That in itself is a major revelation from God, that he has shared his entire inheritance with us, his children, and that he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, or as it says here, all spiritual blessings. So we are not lacking in any gift, we're not lacking in any benefit, and we certainly are not lacking in any blessing that God has for us in Christ. And then verse 4. According as he has chosen us in him. There it is. In him. Before the foundation of the world, God had you and me in mind and had a plan for our lives before we ever came forth and were born on this earth. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. In other words, through the redemptive work of Christ, we are holy and blameless and beyond reproach 
in God's eyes. We have a perfect standing, a perfect righteousness, and a perfect peace with God through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Now, verse 5, in love, having predestined us unto the adoption of sons, I like that version better, by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted, received, accepted in the beloved. So God accepts us in our place in Christ. He sees us in Christ. If you're born again and you're a born-again believer, God doesn't see anything of your past because that's all been wiped out by the blood of Jesus. He put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. But he sees you in Christ, holy, blameless, righteous, victorious, more than a conqueror. That's how God sees you. And he's not going to stop seeing you that way. You may not see yourself that way yet, but as you study and immerse yourself in the Word of God, these truths will come alive on the inside of you. And you will see that you have passed out of defeat into victory, passed out of death into life, passed out of darkness into light, passed out of sickness into health, and passed out of poverty into wealth. Hey, it's a great salvation. That's what Paul said. Don't neglect such a great salvation in the book of Hebrews. And so we're accepted in the beloved. And now I want to go over uh, to verse 15, drop down in Ephesians 1 to verse 15. This is Paul's prayer. Now, I want you to pay particular attention to the prayers that the Holy Spirit authored through the Apostle Paul as he wrote this epistle. These are Holy Spirit-inspired prayers that get results. And if your prayers are not getting you results, just pray these prayers in Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3 and Colossians 1 and, uh, uh, you know, first uh, <clears throat> Thessalonians 1. There's all sorts of prayers, even in the New Testament. Of course, the book of Psalms is a book of praise and prayer. So there's plenty of uh, prayers to pray to the Lord that he will honor. And anything you bring to the Lord in prayer, in faith, you have the confidence as a believer that he hears you. And if he hears you, the Bible says we know that we have the requests which we have made of him. So in verse 15 here, Ephesians 1, Paul's writing, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and the love which you have toward all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. So he was a praying apostle, a praying man, a praying missionary, a praying international minister. 
He was also a Bible school instructor. He was also a scholar. But most of all, he was a lover of Jesus Christ who had committed his entire life to serving him. Verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, you know, God is a God of glory. The Father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. You know, you can read the Bible, and of course it's, a, it's the most authentic, truthful, accurate book there is. It is an anointed book. It has God's presence and power in the words that are written here. But also the Bible has a spirit of wisdom and revelation in it that needs to be revealed, disclosed, unveiled to you so that you can understand the truths of the Word of God by revelation, that you can have in-depth wisdom and revelation of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. This is so important, saints, because you can have an intellectual understanding of things. You can even quote verses, and that's all wonderful and good. But until you get the revelation of what you're quoting, you'll never be able to walk in it. You can only walk in the revelation that you've received by the Spirit of God, that you've received from God himself in his word. And God is a God of revelation, and the Holy Spirit is a spirit of revelation. And Jesus is the revelation, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the, our all in all, the Bible says. There are so many names that he possesses. I won't go into that today because that's not our study, but you need revelation of who Jesus is, revealed by the Holy Spirit through the word of truth, the Bible. Jesus said, sanctify them in the truth. Thy word is truth. Sanctification means to set apart. And the Bible will give you such revelation that you will see that you are set apart from the foundation of the world to serve God in a certain capacity and to fulfill his plan and purpose and destiny for your life. You have a destiny that you can fulfill in God. God is a God of destiny and purpose. He's a planner. Oh, what a planner, oh, what a plan. And he has a plan for your life. You may not have discovered it yet, but I'd like to speak over your life today that this is the year of discovery for you to discover who you are in Christ and what God's plan is for your life in particular. And so this is a good prayer that you can pray every day. And I've prayed it for years and it's born a lot of results in my life. He says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, verse 16, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, 
may give to you, the believer, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And then he breaks it down into three different areas of revelation. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. In other words, God illuminates the eyes of your heart, the inward man, the man of the heart, the spirit man. The Bible says we're spirit, soul, and body, made in the image and likeness of God. God is a spirit. He has a soul, mind, will, and emotions. And of course, his body is the body of Christ. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding, the eyes of your heart being enlightened by the Holy Spirit, that you may know what is the hope of his calling you and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints for you. And what is the exceeding greatness? Another translation says the surpassing greatness of his power to us word who believe. In other words, toward us, the church, the believers, individually and corporately. And then he goes on and says, according to the working of his mighty power, he doesn't waste any time in revealing to the church in Ephesus that God has mighty power for you to experience in your life, for you to have understanding of the inheritance that Christ has purchased for you through his redemption, and also the revelation from God, what his calling is for your life, because you're chosen by God. We already read that, verse 4. You're chosen, you're called, it says right here, you're called. What is the hope of his calling? And you are appointed by God, says that in John chapter 15. And the Bible also says we're anointed. So we are chosen, we're called, we're appointed, and we're anointed to serve God in a powerful capacity and function in the body of Christ and in the world. So then he says here, and what is the exceeding greatness of this power? What is this power? It's the power that raised Christ from the dead. To us word who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, it's not just some small, you know, measure of God's grace or God's spirit or God's life. No, it's, it's a mighty measure. To each he's given the measure of faith, the Bible says. And it's not just a little small measure. It's a mighty measure of faith. It's a mighty power that God has imparted to us through Christ's resurrection and our union with Jesus Christ as heirs of God and joint heirs with him. 
We'll get into this more. What is the exceeding greatness of his power to us were to believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he brought about in Christ? Woo! That same power that raised Jesus from the dead has been imparted to your life through the indwelling Holy Spirit. That same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead has been deposited on the inside of you. You have His life, His nature, His power, and His ability. It's resurrection power that's living and abiding on the inside of you. And God is going to show you how to tap into it, how to access it. We have access to the mighty power of God through the indwelling Holy Spirit. Now, this is how he describes it here as he goes down. Which he brought about the working of his mighty power, verse 20, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. That's where Jesus is, in the heavenly places, seated at the right hand of God. And what you're going to learn here is that spiritually, God has raised you up with Christ and seated you in the heavenly places with him. There's another in him verse, with him, in him, through him, by him. These wonderful in him realities will change your life forever as you learn to walk in them every single day. You were bought with a price. You were baptized into Christ Jesus spiritually. You were placed in him, into the power of his life, his resurrection, and his ability. And you can learn how to walk in that every single day by learning to walk in the spirit and live in the grace of God. Verse 20, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Verse 21, far above. You might want to underline those two words. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion He totally conquered all the powers of darkness at whatever level they operated in, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. This isn't the only world. This is life on planet Earth now. But for all the ages to come, ages upon ages, which he talks about here is uh, the world which is to come, which is age upon age, we will be learning 
the riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. So don't worry about getting old. When you pass from this life, you're going to get a new body, a heavenly body, and you'll be in a timeless age that will pass from age to age that will never end. It's endless life in God. Life that has no limits and no end. Woohoo! And we can start living that life right now by faith in Jesus Christ. And then in verse 22, and hath put all things under his feet. Well, that's us. We are the body. He's the head of the body of Christ, and we are the body. Talks about that in chapter 4 here in other places in the New Testament. But he put all things under his feet. So you are over all things. That's right. Because you're in him, and what's true about him is true about you. If he's over all things, then you're over all things. If all things are under his feet, then all things are under your feet. These are the truths of identification with Christ that are contained in the pages of this book, specifically in the book of Ephesians, that when you get a revelation of these things, an understanding of these things, you'll never walk another day of defeat in your life. You'll never be broke another day in your life. And you can learn to walk in divine health. You can learn to receive healing from God. You can understand the, the wealth of the redemption, the vast knowledge of redemption in Jesus Christ. He redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree in order that the promise of the Spirit given to Abraham might be ours through faith. We have a legacy in Christ that is beyond anything you could ever imagine. We have a covenant with God that is so expansive, so inclusive of every need a human could have. He has given us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of Jesus Christ. We have his power, his life, his nature. We have a, a joint inheritance with him. God never intended anyone on this earth to be poor or to suffer lack. And as you learn to tap into the covenant of grace, the covenant of blessing, the covenant of abundance that Jesus has purchased for you through his shed blood, called the new covenant in his blood. 
you will walk in a dimension of victory that you never have experienced before in your life. I know this because there was a time in my life long ago when I had nothing. And God just taught me about giving, not only finances, but giving of myself to others. Serving Him, giving my life away for Christ. Now I can look back over 45 years and I can see the blessings of God have overtaken me, literally, in every area of my life. And God has a life of victory, conquest, and prosperity for you too. He's no respecter of persons. He'll take you from the pit to the penthouse, so to speak. He will give you the, the best of the best, the finest of the finest, because you belong to him. You're his possession. You're his seed. You're his child. You're his family. Your citizenship is in heaven. Wow. From which also we wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me finish up here. Verse 22 and hath put all things under his feet. That means you're over all things. And gave him to be head over all things. So you're over all things and all things are under you. It says to the church. So if you're in the church, if you're a believer, all this pertains to you, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. And we're going to get into this in Ephesians chapter 4, but it's amazing. The fullness of him, every spiritual blessing God has placed in his church, individually and collectively, we're the fullness of the expression of the representation of Christ on the earth. Wow, what a privilege. We're his ambassadors. We're his sons and daughters. We're his friends. Wow. Now I want you to jump over to Ephesians 2 and I want to go over the other prayer by Paul because these prayers are so important and you can pray these prayers every day and they will work for you. They will bring results into your life spiritually. In fact, they will change your entire walk with Christ and you'll walk in a place of victory you have never walked in before in your life. Picking up here now in Ephesians 2 and maybe I'll just drop down to verse 6 first. Well, let's start in verse uh, 5. Even when we were dead in sins, he's quickened or made us alive together with Christ. We're made alive. We're brought into union with Christ. By grace you are saved. We're saved by grace, not by works. We're saved by grace through faith. And has raised us up together. You ought to underline this verse. Of course, in this book, you probably underline a lot of verses, but this is one you definitely want to underline. Ephesians 2, 6, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places 
in Christ Jesus. There it is again, in Christ Jesus. In him, through him, by him, for him. All these little phrases have significance because it shows us who we are in Jesus. Now in verse, now in verse 15, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of two, Jew and Gentile, one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God by one body, in one body, by the cross, having put to death the enmity or deep-seated hatred. This is the answer for division on this earth. In Christ, we're all one. We're all united with Jesus Christ. And then it says, and came and preached peace to you which were far off and to them that were near. For through him, there it is again, through him, we both have access by one spirit, the Holy Spirit, unto the Father. So he, is, he who has joined himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. We have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us and he gives us access to the presence of God. The Holy Spirit knows how to get into the presence of God, and if you'll follow his leading, he'll bring you into the presence of God every, every day of your life, whenever you need to be there. And then in verse 20, and are built up upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone He's the cornerstone of the church. The whole church is built on him, the foundation of Jesus, in whom the whole building, fitly framed or joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. God wants to dwell in you, and he wants you to dwell in him. He's bringing us together, church, to be a dwelling of God in the spirit. Thank you for being with us today on this podcast. And uh, I pray that you were blessed and uh, keep listening to our next podcast because we're going to go through the entire book of Ephesians and you're going to see things about yourself you have never seen before now that you're in Christ. Thanks for listening today. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Truth For Today. Bye-bye.